0: as we can, find effective ways uh, to do that. Vacation Bible School is one of those ways that has proven itself uh, to, be, um, to have far-reaching effects. And we're very thankful for that. You know, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2, Paul says, The things which you've heard from me Among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so in view of that important uh, verse and many others like it, uh, we endeavor to do uh, certain things as a congregation. And um, we were able to go to Uvalde uh, this year and last. Focusing on Vacation Bible School as a means of outreach is nothing new here at um, Midway. Brother uh, Marl and Joyce Fuller uh, really helped us get started in this line of work uh, several years ago. We were able to take our VBS and, and help Bowler Road with theirs for several years in a row. We also were able to take our VBS down to Quitman, Georgia for two or three years uh, in a row. We were able to do uh, about three vacation Bible schools in the state of Minnesota, one in Mankato and another in the Twin Cities and then back to Mankato. We were able to take a a journey over to Elkin, North Carolina encourage the brethren there one summer. And just recently, these uh, trips to uh, Uvalde. South Texas is a large area, very dry area, and many of the churches and the communities are struggling. And Kayla and Andrew live about 30, 35 minutes uh, north of the border of Mexico and then Uvalde is a little bit more north than that so Andrew's um, suggestion uh, over two years ago was that if we could get something going in Uvalde, Uvalde has the best church building of all the churches in the southern area and his advice was that if we could get a something like a good VBS going in Uvalde that the other communities then could come in and we've had that happen, especially from Carrizo Springs and Crystal Lake and a few other of the communities around uh, Uvalde. Okay, so we'll get started with our report here. It will, it will not, be, um, not have a full report, but um, those able to go, Mark and, and Paul and Susan and Aaron and Anna and, and uh, Kelly, uh, can all fill you in on on the more details, but I want to begin uh, this morning with a bunch of, or this evening with a bunch of thank yous. With a bunch of thank yous, um, we cannot go without help, and and the congregation here, the eldership here, and and the members here uh, have encouraged and supported these types of efforts. And again, this year with with. Um, the cost of gas, the cost of lodging, the cost of food, and also providing a means to travel. This, uh, when I moved here in 2001, it hadn't been much longer before I got here that the congregation here had purchased a church van, I believe a 1999 Chevrolet church van, and we are still using that van it has been to North Carolina, Minnesota several times. It has been now to Uvalde, Texas twice. It has been to the Smoky Mountains several times. And it has been to Fall Creek Falls. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Would you strike off in a 1999 Chevrolet van not really knowing where you're going? So, But uh, we're very thankful, very thankful for the not only the the financial support but the encouraging thoughts and prayers that we know uh, that were with us on this on this trip bunch of thank yous we also want to give a great thank you to our our family our brethren there in uh, Uvalde uh, up here on the top of the screen on the left is Joe and uh, Yolanda Perez and they have been uh, Joe has been the Spanish minister in that area for over 20 years just a delightful uh, family very humble very uh very faithful and then uh on the right hand are pictures of several of the ladies that that helped uh during the week a big thank you also to our to our family in our church family in uvalde and the community uh there and a great thank you also uh to andrew and kayla and um uh I hate to admit it, but um, if Andrew hadn't showed up um, and darkened our doors, then we wouldn't have had this opportunity. Probably never thought about having this opportunity to go to Southern Texas. Uh, But they've been a blessing there uh, with Sophia, and so a big thank you. Most of all, as all of you understand, we we thank the Lord. I I went back um, a couple days ago and read the first chapters of paul 's epistles, just looking to see how he thanked people, and it was always thanking the Lord for the brethren and that's that 's the ideal here thank thanking the Lord for the brethren and uh, that's that comes from the heart of paul and hopefully I can learn to be more uh, like paul and so we begin with a bunch of uh, thank yous, and then also we want to get on to the idea of how to get there. How do we get there? And really that begins right here at Midway and January and February where we begin to have a few thoughts about, about Vacation Bible School and, and where's our emphasis going to be this year and, and what sort of direction are we going to go. It begins here at Midway and uh, how thankful we are for the tremendous work that is done by our, our crew, our ladies, our, our men here at Midway. And all of you understand that, that we take materials that, that our ladies, some of our men have worked, labored upon for hours and hours and days and days. And we're able to take them there and use them. And uh, so, again, thank you so much to our brothers and sisters at at Midway. So it begins at Midway and then it continues, um, of course, as I mentioned, with the van. And with uh, we've last couple of years, we've pulled a 6x12 uh, trailer. And so uh, getting there. And then uh, getting ready to leave um, involves a lot of organization. And we're thankful that we have ladies that can do that. Miss Susan and my wife Kelly and many of you helped as well. Um, organize the materials as how to, how can we pack them in such a way uh, that we can uh, travel, but also uh, pack them in such a way that when they when they're unloaded, that people know exactly where to go with this box or this package, and and uh, so the organ organization is uh, very important, and then the loading, the loading is a chore, is a chore, and so we left on Wednesday morning, uh, July the uh, 13th but we spent a good deal of July the 12th, Tuesday afternoon here at the building, uh, packing and wondering and puzzling, uh, are we gonna be able to to pack this in this uh, trailer? But uh, Some folks have some great skills at that, and I'm not one of them, but um, it was able to be done. And So you see here up here on the left, this is the organizing of the materials in our fellowship hall and then um, we, we've got the um, unloading that's gonna be taking place there uh, in Uvalde. But we appreciate so much uh, being able to just be able to get ready. Brother James uh, Rogers came over and on Tuesday afternoon as we're loading and he, he was a great help because some of that just takes pure strength and there wasn't really a dry shirt uh, anywhere. But Uh, So loading up, organizing is a big part of getting there. But then also uh, getting there means we're on the road. We're on the road. And um, this, I think, is a picture here at the bottom left. Uh, This is one of our big obstacles, and that is Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. There's about 17 lanes of traffic on either side of you. And at least it seems that way. And uh, it's just—it's very hectic to go through. You have to be careful. Everybody in the van is wide awake and and um, looking to make sure that we, we get through there uh, safely. But the travel and and then what really helps helps me because I'm a very much an amateur driver of um, large vehicles. But these buckies, these buckies—you see that picture there. The Bucky's there on the bottom right-hand corner. Oh, oh! This—I mean—bring more buckies. Acres and acres and acres of of space and fuel pumps, and then you go inside the store, and it's it's grand and huge, and it's just it's just. And so there are several of these along the way. Once you get Uh, to Texas. Until you get to Texas, you must depend on loves. That's at least what we did. We are looking for loves, and then we're looking for uh, for buckies. But along the way, so we're trying to get there, we're loading up, we're organizing, we're loading up, and then we are traveling and we're thankful for uh, these buckies. And as you travel, you've got the buckies, you've got the snacks, and you've got the stories. You've got the stories. Did you know that Paul Rogers once swallowed a BB? <laughs> so, and so I think you need to follow him up on that. That's a gr- it's, a, it's a great story. And uh, I now know everything there is to know about Mark and Jane Biles. <laughs> Jane wasn't able to go, but it's as if she was there. It's as if she was there. Uh, and so as the world turns with, with Mark and Jane Biles. But, um, once we got there, there were um, we got there late on, on Thursday evening, and then um, we just we just let the trailer off at of the church building, went and got our went to our lodging, and then the next morning uh, we un, we began to unload, and so um, that brings us to really our next our next thought here, and that is uh, the two day preparation. Uh, VBS was to start on. Sunday the, um, the 17th and so we got there on, um, on a Thursday evening and so we scheduled two days of preparation. First, there was the unloading and the um, and the uh, putting everything into its place. There were several brethren there. One thing that that had uh, sort of changed from last year to this year is that last year we, we went in and we sort of just brought our system in and and they had never really done a vbs especially not not the full-blown vbs that we we do here and and so they didn't know what to expect last year this year they were ready for us they had several volunteers there ready to help us uh, unload so that got started on on friday morning we got it took all morning to get everything in its place as you're thinking about setting up the foyer with decorations and in each classroom with decorations and then meeting the brethren and and getting everything coordinated and making sure we're doing as they would want us uh, to do. One blessing that they had planned to do, and they did it, was that as we are preparing on Friday and Saturday, uh, there were two ladies from the congregation by the name of Gail. Uh, One was Gail McElroy, Lisa, and Lisa somebody. But they they prepared lunch uh, for us Uh, each of those days on Friday and Saturday. On on Saturday morning, uh, some of the men uh, from our group and then some of the men from the congregation went out door hanging, door hanging. Uvalde does not allow right now door knocking, but they do allow door hanging. So many of you were instrumental in helping prepare the door hanging bags. And we sent those on over uh, to them and they had put in personal information about the uh, Uvalde church there. And so when we got there, the, the bags were ready and we went out on, on Saturday morning. it a considerable amount of time going into the uh, communities, door hanging. Now you're allowed to talk to people if they're outside and many people were outside uh, on a Saturday morning. We had to go early because it gets so hot so quick. Uh, But um, I had a delightful uh, conversation with several uh, women and a couple men. Someone was hosting a a yard sale, and as I walked up, there were several there, and I had several bags in my hand, and uh, I don't know, I think I had 10 or 11 bags. I didn't have any bags left after I left that yard sale. They were very receptive. I, I asked, may I share with you some uh, information about a Vacation Bible School, and they said, yes, uh, we're looking for some good news. And so we, we were able to talk and encourage and invite uh, those folks. And so that happened, and then there was just continuous setup and preparation for uh, all throughout the day on Friday and, and Saturday. Okay, so getting there and having those two days of preparation is part of, um, part of our journey there. Like we do here, we had a a Sunday morning preview class uh, there where we bunched all the children together in Bible class time and um, many of us participated in bringing out a servant um, account in the life of Jesus. This year our servant account is when um, Jesus is having a meal with Lazarus in John chapter 12. And Mary and Martha are there. Martha is serving, but Mary comes in and anoints Jesus and especially anoints his feet. And Judas makes a comment about it. And then the chief priests are close by and Jesus uh, rebukes Judas and several good lessons are brought out there. And so uh, we had um, of our own bunch, uh, Aaron and Anna were able to be uh, Martha and Mary. We had uh, two of their fellows who were willing to role play as Jesus and Lazarus. Our own Mark Biles uh, did a tremendous job being Judas. And um, then uh, our, our brother Paul Rogers was a good uh, chief priest. And so we were able to tell the story. And, and not only did we have um, children in the, in the class there, but also some parents were able to come in and be part of it as well. So that was our Sunday morning preview time. And then we also emphasized that same account uh, in the worship time. We retold that story and uh, emphasized it and tried to apply it to both little ones and adults uh, during worship. And then that was our VBS preview uh, morning. Now, as, as we do here, Uh, We got VBS uh, proper, VBS uh, as a main event got started on Sunday night and went through Wednesday night uh, at Uvalde. VBS start time just like here is at 6.30, but the one thing that they did different that we believe helps them uh, reach out to the community is they they eat at 5.30. They provide a meal uh, every evening at 5.30 uh, for the community. And so um, I was telling brother, brother Paul, I said, Brother Paul, as we get to South Texas, food will not be a problem. Uh, people in Texas, they, they eat, eat. They're dry as a bone, but they eat. And so I, I forget, you know, there were hamburgers and hot dogs one night. There was, there was uh, brisket uh, at least one night, maybe two nights. And it's just really good food. But it seems that with their facility, uh, they were able to bring in folks who might not otherwise come by providing that meal and that, that activity time uh, for both parents and children leading up to VBS. And so along, along about 628 or so, one of the younger uh, dads uh, would just call all the children together uh, uh, There in the little fellowship area, he would call them together and line them up and they all go walking in to VBS in a single file line, and go to their different pews and then we would be ready uh, to go. And so up here uh, in the left-hand corner um, uh, is the VBS um, preview class that we're talking about. And then also, um, I think all of that's on the preview. VBS preview class. Okay. But uh, you can tell. Now one thing that, that was a challenge, um, we probably overworked uh, our sister Susan and Paul, but the classroom that Susan taught out of, which would eventually be the the story of the Jesus healing the paralytic that came through down through the roof, we used that same classroom to teach the preview class. And so that included... a. a table for a supper it had to be set up, plus a tomb to talk about the fact that Lazarus had been raised uh, from the dead. And so that was extra work upon her and Paul and several others uh, to get that ready. And then to, to go from there to get ready for, to the paralytic story on Sunday night. But this, these are pictures of the Sunday morning preview uh, class. And then, uh, as I was saying, the VBS gets going at 5.30 each night, it starts at 6.30, but they have that activity and fellowship and food time leading up uh, to vacation uh, Bible school. And here are some pictures uh, on the right side here of some children on, on the pews, and then on the bottom left and upper corner there is some pictures of folks uh, eating. And so it's, it really does work well for them I don't know if that would work everywhere, but it seems to work well for them uh, to have that time prior to VBS. My guess is that because it's so very hot uh, there, very hot, that really um, people are looking for a time to come into some air conditioned and just enjoy uh, some time uh, together. And so um, our classes, uh, consisted on, on a nightly basis of the same classes we had here at at um, Midway. I mentioned Susan's class that she taught on the paralytic. And then uh, Kelly taught the class that Miss Judy taught uh, during our VBS on the life of Joseph. And Joseph, the emphasis there was how he served his family. And um, the emphasis with the paralytic uh, story is how that, men served uh, someone who was a friend of theirs, okay, served their friends. And then Erin, uh, she taught the class on the Good Samaritan, how to serve your neighbors. And then uh, Anna taught the class on Dorcas and Lydia, how to serve uh, in your community. Also, each of our uh, teachers had a helper from Uvalde. Uh, the helper's names were, um, Nancy Cheryl. helped me remember this, uh, one helper was named Nancy, another helper was named Cheryl. First names. first name Nancy, first name Cheryl. And so, and then uh, the other two helpers were Yolanda and Dawn. And so each of uh, our, our ladies had a helper uh, in class uh, also. And so those classes went really well, very well attended. We divided the classes the same way uh, we do here. Uh, four year old through uh, kindergarten and another class is first and second, another class is third and fourth, another class is uh, fifth and sixth. One of the um, delightful, uh, also challenging things was that at the Uvalde congregation, they have maybe two teenagers, okay? But the teen class each night uh, arranged to have about 16, 17, 18 people in the class, kids from the community each night. It's delightful to make that contact. And the folks you Uvalde were very excited to make that contact. The challenging part is they walk in with no Bible and basically no Bible knowledge. And so that's the challenge of, of taking what you have planned to teach and trying to, trying to get it down and get it there in an understandable uh, way. For our teen class, um, Andrew taught uh, one class and Paul taught one class. Um, One of the helpers that has come in since last year is a man by the name of Al Washington. Uh, He is a preacher. He doesn't live there in Uvalde. He lives in um, uh, North Texas, Austin, close to Austin. He actually works as a job. He works for World Video Bible School but he's coming down to help some. So he taught one in 10 classes and I taught one in 10 classes. And then those same four men, me and Paul, Andrew and Al switched out te- teaching in the adult class as well. And so all the classes were, were well attended and um, seemed to be a good participation uh, in each class. Of course, there's challenges in every class, but that's what you want. You want, you want folks coming who, who need to be encouraged, they need to be uh, taught. They need to be able to think about the Lord God in a way that they've never thought about it before. And so, each night, at VBS went. Uh, there was a 5:30, 6:30 deal, but sort of the same pattern of classes uh, that we have. And then you had a teen class. One thing that um, that was a concern. We talked about it as we went. In fact we had a little talk uh, before we left that basically we were not going to bring up anything about the shooting or anything about the local officers or anything like that, anything about politics, but if the people wanted to talk about it, certainly we would, and they did talk about it. In fact, in that two-day preparation, several times they would say, we want you to know that we're not sure this year how the community is going to respond. We're not, we're not sure at all how they're, they're going to respond. And um, they were fearful that perhaps there'll be families that just would not be comfortable with that kind of a setting seeing what happened in the month of May. But um, it, did, it did not occur that way. People, it seemed to be good timing. It seemed to be just exactly what the church and community Needed uh, as we as we got there and got busy, and so on Sunday night there were 54 children uh, who uh, were enrolled, and by Wednesday night, closer to 80 children uh, were enrolled, and the numbers uh, grew each night, as did the adults and as did uh, the teen class, and we feel very blessed to have to have been there. And we hope that, um, and we, we hope and know that some good seed uh, was planted, okay. Now, also, on a daily basis, uh, we tried to do some good things. We had, um, each morning at the Uvalde uh, building, we had a separate uh, ladies' class and a separate men's class. And the ladies uh, outnumbered the men, as usual, but we had good classes on in, in both of those uh, settings, okay. The, um, the ladies uh, had a discussion class, but the first one was led by Susan and she just applied the, the paralytic story to, to adult lives. And then Aaron did the same thing with the Good Samaritan on Tuesday morning. And then uh, Anna did the same thing with Lydia and Dorcas on, on Wednesday morning. But that class was very well attended. 12, I think like 12 to 14 ladies attended the class uh, each morning. Some came, okay, and we're, we're thinking of one mother in particular who came and was had some heavy burdens at home. She was probably the closest one that we met that was close to, who had some actual closeness to the shootings. And she was very burdened and she was having some trouble with her own son. And, um, but, uh, It seems to me that she was very much, by the end of the week, encouraged. And she she attended these ladies' classes in the morning. On the men's side of things in the mornings, uh, our first study was on this. uh, is, Is the way we worship a salvation issue? That was our first discussion. One of the men there at Uvalde wasn't so sure about it. He was definitely sure about the gospel plan of salvation, faith, repentance, confession, baptism, but he wasn't so sure that um, you can say that the way you worship is a salvation issue. So that led into a a tremendous discussion, a very lengthy discussion on Sunday morning, but we do feel um, that we were able to make uh, maybe some headway and definitely gave um, this man uh, some things to consider. Uh, his basic, um, he said, you know, uh, you just can't assume, and it's easy for us. We, we live in an area that's very spoiled when it comes to Bible knowledge. We've heard it all our lives. We've heard the arguments all of our lives. But then away from us are, are people who have never gone through the, the studies that we've gone through, in regard to music and worship, in regard to the Lord's Supper. And we may know it as second nature, but others do not. And we, we have to be patient as they grow in uh, to the truth there. And so that was discussion. Then we discussed on our second morning in men's class, we discussed uh, when God said in Job chapter one, have you considered my servant Job as he talked to Satan? Have you? And we talked about being a servant, what we can learn from Job and being a servant. And then we talked on Wednesday morning about Matthew uh, 25, uh, when Jesus will say to those on his right hand, well done, good and faithful servant. And so uh, we studied servanthood from that uh, chapter that uh, brought to us by Jesus there. Okay. And so that was part of our morning activities on, on a daily basis. And then we tried to arrive early on um, each evening at the building so we can meet people and we make sure the classrooms are ready and make sure we have the prizes for the kids and so forth. And so uh, that is it on, on the morning. Um, I wanted to, to bring to you uh, some lessons, uh, particularly the one from John 12. I want to share with you as our sort of our devotional thought this evening. I want to share with you some lessons from John uh, chapter 12. I don't have the list before me, but uh, uh, you can look it up online. But one of the elders' names there um, is Mark Fry and his wife Karen at Uvalde. Another elder's name is um, Van McElroy, his wife Gail, and very gracious, very gracious to us. Mark can fill you in on, on Van McElroy. He is... Um, he used to play for the Oakland Raiders, and now he's an elder in the church there. Very gracious man, very, very good uh, family. His son, Vijay, uh, is not a football coach or anything, but he was very helpful in all of our VBS uh, activities. In fact, I forgot to mention VJ Back at the Sunday morning preview class, uh, he was able to sit in as Lazarus. And so we had one of their men as Lazarus and another man by the name of Barry. Barry and Nancy Balzen. They are very instrumental in helping us get to Uvalde and conduct the VBS. And Barry set in as as Jesus uh, himself. And so we think about uh, some lessons. Uh, But before I get to the lessons, I wanted to mention... Uh, these folks. I've already mentioned to you uh, Joe and, and Yolanda um, Perez, the Spanish ministers there. I mentioned to you Lisa and Gail, who provided lunch every day uh, for us there, especially as we're making preparations for, for VBS. Nancy and Barry Bowzen, um very, very encouraging. They, they stay in contact all year long as far as um, encouraging uh, the next VBS. And then um, the elders there, there's the elder's name, uh, his name is Ephraim. I just can't pronounce his last name, Ephraim. Very, very nice uh, gentleman. Uh, On Wednesday night, uh, as um, we were gonna be leaving uh, first thing Thursday morning, they had planned uh, the members there, several of them, a plan to help us load our trailer on Wednesday night after uh, services. So, several stayed late to help us load that trailer and pack things in uh, once again, and how grateful we were uh, for that help. There are many lessons, but it's always important to learn from Jesus Himself. And in John 12, I want us to remember. Four or five lessons about being a servant uh, from Jesus. First, we learn that a servant gives himself up for others because it says there in John 12 and verse 1 that it was only six days until the Passover. As they gathered there and had this meal, and Mary comes in and anoints Jesus' feet. It's only six days to the Passover. That's very important because that's when the cross occurred at, at a Passover time. But even more important, the Passover meal itself, the Passover institution, pointed to the death of Jesus. John the Baptist said, John 1, 29, that behold, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is our Passover and because of his death and shedding his blood and his resurrection, then we can have hope. and so we learn that a servant gives himself up uh, for others. We also learn that a servant helps other people believe, helps other people believe. Lazarus is there at this at this gathering in John chapter twelve. he's there. How is he there? okay well. John 11 records that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And why did Jesus do these sorts of works? Why did Jesus turn water to wine? Why did he, why did he raise Jairus' daughter? Why did he heal uh, leprosy? Why did he calm the storm? Why did he walk on water? Why did he give us all these signs that he could do? Well, John 20, 30 and 31, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his his disciples not, are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life uh, through his name. A servant helps others believe. Now, here's something that you need to write down somewhere. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 5. Paul asked the question, Who is Paul? Who is Barnabas? You know, Corinth had such a problem with personalities. You know, they, they, they wanted to promote individuals instead of promoting Christ. So he asks the question: who is Paul? Who, who is Barnabas? Okay. And then he answers it: servants through whom you believe. Guys, That. That's it for us. That's, if you want to know, and we talked about this morning, it's not a sin to know who you are and what you're called to do. That's it right there in a nutshell. Okay. If you're like me, I like to find nutshell passages. That's it right there. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. We are servants through whom others believe. All the other serv- acts of service we do is about 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. That's, that's the direction that we're going. Okay? Now, it may take feeding the hungry. It may take helping lifting another person's burdens. It may take listening to people's uh, difficulties. But our our aim is 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5 that we're going to be a servant that helps another person believe, truly believe. Believe to the point that they can get life. They can get forgiveness, life in the name of Jesus. And so that's what Jesus teaches us. A servant helps others Believe, And then the third thing is That a servant takes time For other people You can't be a servant Unless you're among the people A servant makes time for other people Jesus was invited By Mary and Martha Perhaps Simon the leper as well To this house okay. This is the last week of Jesus on earth Six days until the Passover And yet look at him Again, he's making time for for other people. That's what a servant does. And then fourthly, a servant shows what's right and what's wrong. That's what we do as servants. We're constantly doing that. Now there are two responses here. There are two things happening. Mary comes in and anoints Jesus, pointing to his eventual burial. Mary had an incredible insight, didn't she? She just seemed to know because of her study and her insight, she just seemed to know. She knew Jesus was only here for a short time. She knew he had to go and die for the world. Okay. She's anointing him with a um, very expensive ointment for sure, but she's anointing him in honor of what he's about to do for the world. Jesus is the greatest servant of all because he gave himself up for, for everyone and Mary seems to understand that down to the very wire. But Judas, on the other hand, he complains. He complains that this, could, this ointment could have been sold. The money could have given, been given to the poor. John adds there that not that Judas really cared for the poor, but that he was really a thief. He oftentimes took his, his hand, stuck, he, he would carry the bag, the little money bag for for the band of apostles and sometimes he take out of that for himself. And so there are there's two responses to Jesus here and Jesus shows which is the right one. He looks to Judas and he says, "You leave her alone. She is doing this as a memory for my burial, my eventual burial. You leave her alone." That's what a servant does. A servant shows what's right and what's wrong. And then finally, a servant remains calm under pressure. And I really still can't believe what we're reading there in John 12, especially when you read the latter part of John 11, and you see because of this miracle of bringing Lazarus back from the dead, there are people trying to kill both Jesus and Lazarus. They've been after Jesus. okay, But that intensified and also now they're after Lazarus. Okay? They can't sit down and have a discussion about, hey, somebody just brought this man back to life. No, they're so hard-hearted against Jesus that they're just going to try to kill the evidence. Okay? Let's just kill Lazarus. All right? And so, but look what they're doing. In the midst of all that persecution, in the midst of all those threats, what would you do? Many of us will be in hiding, but not this bunch. They're just having a meal. They're just having a meal. How, how could they come to do that? How could you remain that calm when you know there are people just down the road looking for you, wanting to murder you? Somewhere we read, don't we, like Psalm 23, as David talks to the Lord, he said, Thou preparest a table before me. What does that say? What's the rest of that? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. When the Lord is our shepherd, truly our shepherd, then we can do these kinds of things. There's a war out here that we must be engaged in, but we need to be happy warriors, okay? And that's what Jesus was, that's what Lazarus was, that's what Mary and Martha are all about. They know that there is a cause and they are involved in it and there's threats all around, but that's not gonna keep them from sitting down and enjoying each other's company. That's what a servant does. A servant remains calm under pressure. Well. I really feel like I've just messed up. There's so much there's so much about this Uvalde trip that uh, is worth listening to. Um, and so please talk to these others who went. And if you want to get a fuller picture, we're just full of gratitude. Gratitude to the Lord. Gratitude for, for your encouragement, prayers, and support. Gratitude just to be able to go and, and try to do some good. Grat- grateful to be able to get back home and in a safe way. Thank you so much. So, so many to thank, you know, Brother Nathan Lee always works very hard in making sure the van uh, is ready to go every, every trip. We're, there's so many to thank, and we just appreciate it so much. It begins, the Christian life begins by understanding that God has just made us a servant. God has just made us a servant. Everything I taught this past week Begins right there. You become a servant. You don't just wake up and suddenly you're a servant of God. You don't declare yourself to be a servant. Just like in the old days of slavery, so it is in the spiritual world. If you're going to be a servant, you've got to be bought. You've got to be purchased. And when we submit to the will of Jesus, then his blood goes into operation. He, He purchases us. Uh, according to Acts 20, verse 28. He purchases us. He buys us. He, and we're no longer our own, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. We've been bought with a price. Okay. We're no longer our own. We, we've died to ourselves, as we mentioned this morning. We've died to ourselves. We're no longer our own. We, we belong now to our master, and he is ours, and we are his. And have you been bought with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without spot and blemish, we invite you to come this evening to the Lord as we stand together and as we sing, Brother Matt.